gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. Welcome to episode 83, which is entitled Reputation. But before I get into the topics of today, let me read off the National Food Days of the Week for you. Today being July 17th, it is Peach Ice Cream Day. Tomorrow, July 18th, it is Caviar Day. July 19th, Daiquiri Day, so please drink responsibly. July 20th, Lollipop Day, as well as Fortune Cookie Day. Also, Ice Cream Sunday day as well. So, basically, this Wednesday is nothing going to be purely but sweets. Um, there's nothing for Thursday, but July 22nd, it is Pinoche Day or Panucci Day. Either way, how you say it, Panucci is basically a brown sugar-esque uh, type candy. Some people make fudge with it. Some people make, like, chewy, like, uh, bars with it. But it's basically brown sugar compacted into a candy. Uh, candy-like or fudgy substance. Then July 23rd, it is peanut butter and chocolate day as well as hot dog day, also vanilla ice cream day as well. Now, why did I entitle this episode Reputation? Because some of these topics I'm going to talk about is talking about people's reputations or a certain category of a reputation that belong to a uh, certain group. And for people that don't know what reputation is, I think we all kind of have an idea, but here's what Webster has. Um, definition of reputation, overall quality or character as seen or judged by people in general, recognition by other people of some characteristic of ability, a place in public esteem or regard, good name. So meaning that once you have a reputation is basically going to stick with you. Certain people know certain people offer their reputation. Like in the business world, if somebody does good business, they have a reputation of always being handling uh, business deals. Well, if you suck at business, guess what? You're not going to get a loan. You're not going to get nothing because your reputation is you suck at business. Same thing with classmates. If you're a good student, you're going to have a reputation of always being a good student and every teacher uh, will spread that around. So you have a good reputation of being a good student or a good person. If you're a troublemaker, you're going to have that reputation of being a troublemaker and all the teachers are going to have some type of ilk towards you. So you kind of get the drift of what reputation is. So I want to start with the first topic here. The first topic is um, talking about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, one of their castmates, uh, Jen Shaw. As the news comes in from Yahoo Entertainment, its headline is Real Housewife star Jen Shaw pleads guilty in wire fraud case faces up to 14 years in prison. As the article will read, Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has pleaded guilty for her role in a fraudulent multi-state telemarketing scheme. On Monday, the reality star, 48, entered a guilty plea in Manhattan federal court to one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing through which she victimized 10 or more people over the age of 55. From 2012 to March 2021, in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere, I agreed with others to commit wire fraud, Shaw told U.S. District Judge Sidney H. Stein of the scheme, which was run in six states over 10 years. I did this by knowingly providing customers' names to people who were marketing business 
services that had little to no value. She admitted, I knew this was wrong. I knew many people were harmed, and I am so sorry. Shaw will be sentenced on November 28th, and the count carries a maximum of 30 years in prison. However, her plea agreement with federal prosecutors called for a sentence of anywhere between 11 to 14 years in prison. The judge ultimately determines the sentence. As part of the plea deal, Shaw will also forfeit $6.5 million and pay restitution up to $9.5 million. Jennifer Shaw was a key participant in a nationwide scheme that targeted elderly, vulnerable victims, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams, said in a statement. These victims were sold false promises of financial security, but instead, Shaw and her co-conspirators defrauded them out of their savings and left them with nothing to show for it. The office is committed to rooting out those schemes, whatever form they take. Now, her boss, Andy Cohen, he has some things to say on the Series XM program. And this is coming from Today.com, uh, their little article that they wrote up about it. Um, in the quotes, it says, I don't know how to feel about this. Jenna Shaw pleading guilty, Cohen told actor Jonah Hill, who was his guest on Monday's show. He said of the news, all it means is she's changing her plea. Cohen added that he had grown with Shaw, who recently sent his two-month-old daughter Lucy a gift. I was like, Jen Shaw, with everything you have going on that you thought to send Lucy a gift, Cohen told Hill, I just thought this was so nice of her. Two days later, on Wednesday, Cohen revisited Shaw's case on his radio show and provided a more detailed reacting, reaction. Uh, he said, having sat with this, how do I feel? I'm upset, and I'm especially upset for his for her victims, said the host. I'm upset that she lied for so long and claimed to me that she was an example of someone being wrongly accused. Cohen reminded listeners that Shaw had maintained her innocence during the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City's season two for reunion, which aired in February on Bravo. Bravo is owned by NBC Universal, which is today is also part of NBC Universal. If you remember sitting there at the reunion and she was so dogmented about it that I felt, okay, you know, let this woman have her day in court, he recalled. Cohen said Wednesday on his radio program that he intended to stand by Shaw during her legal battle because he believed her when she said she was innocent. I'm also upset because, frankly, you get to know someone and you get to like them. You want to cheer them on and you hate to see, you hate to think that they're capable of this behavior, he explained. Cohen expressed his intentions to speak to Shaw, not ruling out a public conversation. We shot all season with Jen, and I have a lot of questions for her, and I'm sure the audience, especially those who supported her and stood by her, does too. He added, I really hope to get the opportunity to speak with her and ask those questions. Cohen also discussed the case with a caller who pointed out that Shaw deceived not only her victims, Cohen, and her Real Housewife castmates, but also the show's viewers. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you have something to hide, reality TV might not be the avenue. Am I right? Responded Cohen. So... There you have it right there. That is Andy Cohen's response to uh, Jenna Shaw pleading guilty. Here's my thing to this. Um, I've said it plenty of times before because I've looked at everybody. Somehow with the Real Housewives, you there's only two avenues that go with the Real Housewives franchise, if we're really going to be honest with you. Either you're going to get divorced because you're on there to be television stars, and then something pops up, whether a cheating scandal will happen or somebody will dig up dirt from your past or some type of crap will happen either. You'll be divorced on that show. One couple always does in every single franchise of that program of the Real Housewives uh, branding umbrella. And two, 
Now the government is starting to get into your business. The government wants to know how you are making money, how your husband and you guys are living so lavishly and they're thinking that they're getting cheated out of some money. Now the government has to dig into your business. The government has to dig into your friends. The government has to see, okay, where's this money coming from? How are we not getting a piece of the pie out of this? Or have you guys been jipping us or whatever the case may be? That is always the route and avenue that uh, government takes. And for me, I'm disgusted in the government more than anybody because, listen to me, a hustler's going to hustle. I can't get mad too, much, too mad at the hustles because we saw Wolf of Wall Street done it because that's nothing but a guy conning nothing but old people out of their business. Jordan uh, Belfort, so he, spent, he spent some uh, time in jail. Um, you've had a whole lot of other people just doing the exact same thing, either it be a wiring fraud or going door to door, being a salesman, all this type of stuff. Hustling has been the oldest, well, beside prostitution, trick in the trade of trying to jip somebody out of their money. So Jen Shaw and any other person doing this, I just have a problem with them doing it to elderly people. Elderly people are always the number one target because they are able to fall for anything, especially with the world constantly evolving. There's always new schemes and new things happening every year around. They always do it always on the news. If the IRS sends you a thing, it's not really from them because the IRS doesn't know that. If the IRS calls you, that's not really them. They do this. They do that and they give a warning caution to that every single year on the news. So hustlers are always going to hustle. I just get mad that they do it to the elderly. Do it to somebody your own age. See if you can knock their, see if you can try to out hustle them. Because if you can, you got a real knack for hustling. Doing it to an elderly person, that is weak in my personal opinion. That's disgusting. But businesses do it to everybody. They don't care if you're a teenager. They don't care if you're an adult. They don't care if you're an elderly person. Credit cards are the most... They are the biggest hustle in the world. I've heard that before. I've heard a lot of adults tell me, don't get a credit card. Don't do nothing because that's nothing but a hustle in the scheme itself. So, again, the government figures out a way how to hustle you out. I just don't like that elderly people should be like the people that's restricted. Elderly people, people in college, these are the people that should be restricted. Anybody else, you can try to hustle them because guess what? They have the same brain as you and they can even out hustle you if you try to hustle them. So go ahead and do that with them. Leave the college kids alone. Leave the people that are elderly alone. Leave those people alone when you try to hustle people. I don't like how it's said in this article that they did it from 2012 to 2021 that the government has noticed that from 2012 to 2021 that is almost a year not a year a decade-long scheme of Jen Shaw and them running this scheme over here and you guys just found this out whenever she was hitting television why weren't you guys really picking up on this and if you guys did you guys literally waited 10 years you guys couldn't have stopped it and clipped them right in 2017. That's at least five years. That's half of a decade. Yes, it takes time to recoup all the evidence, all the paperwork, all this type of stuff. But you guys mean to tell me it took you guys almost a whole full decade to get the culprits that you needed to get for this wire fraud scheme. I will never, ever get it. I will never, ever understand it. And there's going to say people that were under the sting operation or were undercover because they do that with a whole lot of these mafiosos and all these other organized crime syndicates where they have people going undercover where they could easily stop them but no they need more evidence they need more they need more so how much more did you really need for you guys to really like put your foot 
on the corporate's necks to stop them. That's kind of a thing that I hate a lot, because when you see the evidence right there, it's in your face. It's right there. What are we doing? What are we, what type of thing is this? This kind of kills my, this kind of kills my idea of what the government's reputation is to everybody. Everybody all runs around and does what the government tells them to do. Me, I have to question a lot of things. Taxes, I question it a lot. I question taxes a lot. I think that's nothing but a big old hustle and a big old scheme itself. Uh, land taxes, car taxes, all the stuff that you pay every year. That's a big hustle and a big scheme. But again, everybody follows that. So, I mean, whatever the case may be. But I just don't like that the government literally took almost a decade to stop the culprits. And also, again, I'll say this for Jen Shaw. I'm not liking that she did this, too. She's facing up to 14 years in prison. She's facing up to 14 years in prison. And I'm telling you right now, she's going to go to a alright prison. She ain't going to a hard knocks prison. She's going to a solid prison. She ain't going to a, like, criminals, killers, murderers, uh, abusers. No, she's going to a nice, solid prison. Probably like a Martha Stewart one whenever she did her bid. And in my personal opinion, I think Jen Shaw ain't going to be facing 14 years. They're probably going to hit her over probably about a good solid nine, but probably like she'll get out after spending like, what, three years and then she'll be on parole for the other five and a half so they're going to have that for her. She ain't going to spend all nine years in jail. That's just my uh, guess to it. But that money that she's going to have to pay back, she ain't paying all that back. Nobody's paying all that back. She has to forfeit $6.5 million, so she has to forfeit that. And she has to pay restitution up to $9.5 million. So with her forfeiting that, you would think that would cut down on 9.5. No. So altogether, in my belief, she has to pay what? Mm, $16 million? She has to pay $16 million altogether to the government, but $9.5 to the, when you break it up, $9.5 to the people that she scammed, $6.5 she's giving back to the government. Ugh. Again, I don't deal with people hustling elderly folks. I don't like it. Elderly people were here before you. You don't need to hustle them out of stuff. That's not cool. That's not right. I don't like it. But again, the government been hustling people, so I mean... What's good for the goose is good for the gander for everybody else. But when the people else do it, oh boy, the government got to stop it. We are the only people that can hustle you guys. Ill, uh, ill. And I just want to mention this right now. The reason how she's different from a Teresa Judai situation. Teresa Judai was the first real housewife. She was from the New York, New Jersey area of the branch of the housewife umbrella. She went to jail. She was the first housewife to go to jail. Um, she went to jail because she signed some papers that her husband for a company and some type of stuff of that magnitude. And she always had the notion that she had no idea what she was signing. She had no idea. Her husband was the guy that was the owner and all this type of stuff. I just happened to be the co co owner. I just happened to be the silent partner. I didn't know nothing. My husband took care of the day to day operations. My name, which is on the thing, whatever the case may be. She always maintained the fact that she just was the person on the side. I just signed whatever type of paper that he signed because I believe that my husband was taking care of the business stuff. He was taking care of it legitimately, all this type of stuff. So she maintained that. So that always gave her um, that credibility. That always gave her that situation that she was cloaked in the shadows. Okay. While Jen Shaw in another situation, when you see her on the Salt Lake City uh, season one or, or season two, one or two, I believe it's season one, whenever they like show her in her business, 
you would see her with multiple assistants and this and that. She would talk about, well, her job, what she does and all that, how she's the boss. That what screwed her pooch. By saying that she's the boss and all this type of stuff, that made it worse for her. So that means she had to look through the paper. She knew what she was signing. She knew what was going down. So that's the reason how her and Teresa were different. Now, Teresa only spent like, what, a year in prison? And I believe, again, I don't see them giving Jen Shaw 14 years. I see them giving her nine years. But that's the difference between both of these two ladies in the world of the legal system. Okay? But again, reputation is something. And reputation is something that we all have in this lifetime. And Jen Shaw's reputation has been shot to death. The only thing that's going to be of value to her is whenever she comes back. Because she's going to be reality TV gold when she comes back. When she comes back outside. She is. Reality TV is going to want to snag her up, especially Bravo is going to want to snag her up and have her on the Real Housewives uh, franchise. And people might say, no, they're not. Yeah, they do. Because they had Teresa back, and I believe Teresa made more than anybody else on there because the fans are going to want to see and hear from her the same way they did with Teresa. So if anything, Jenna Shaw needs to look forward to the future in the next two to three years when she gets out of jail. Because again, she ain't spending all that time in jail. They're going to have some type of parole deal, and she's going to get out. So when she gets out, she's going to do reality TV again. She's going to do it, and TV is going to be wanting to hear what she has to say because the news and the publications, the ABCs, the CBS, the NBC is going to want to hear and publicize that she's coming out and all that good stuff. So, again, that could work in her favor. So I hope that she has a good publicist in this time that she has until November 28th when she gets sentenced. She has all the time to put her ducks in a row right now. She has time to get her financial stuff together. She has time to spend time with her husband and her kids. She has all this other stuff. And also, she gets to spend Thanksgiving with her family. She gets to spend these next uh, couple months, these next couple, a little bit of holidays, Labor Day, uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween with her family and all this type of stuff. So she still gets to live before she has to be locked up for a minute. So she has enough time to get all her ducks in a row. So again, reputation is something. And her reputation is shot for right now. But once it comes out, once she comes out of prison, she'll be able to re- rebuild back her reputation and she'll become a re- big uh, reality TV star. Now, onto somebody else's reputation that's kind of always been shot, but I never really paid attention to it. Uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden's uh, iCloud got leaked this week, and I didn't really pay attention to it until it popped up on my Twitter feed from somebody. And uh, Hunter Biden was doing some wild stuff. He was doing coke. He was uh, messing around with women of the night. I mean, he had some grimy videos up there. It just looked real badly shot. I mean, my man didn't look too good at all. I mean, he just looked like dirt. And apparently this is coming from uh, AA.com. It says, alleged Hunter Biden iCloud leak reveals inappropriate contents. Duh. The iCloud account of Hunter Biden, the son of U.S. President Joe Biden, was allegedly hacked by the online forum 4chan on the weekend, exposing alleged inappropriate contents of him. The contents uh, belonging to the U.S. President's son revealed texts, pictures, and videos, including images of drugs and sexual activities. Yeah. It was also claimed that Hunter Biden recorded his father on the phone by the name Pedo Peter. Meanwhile, the U.S. Secret Service said on Monday that they were aware of the alleged 
Hunter Biden iCloud hack. At this time, we are not in a position to make public comments on potential investigative actions, but I can assure you the Secret Service, along with other federal law enforcement partners, are aware of the of the social media posts and claims regarding Mr. Biden's spokesperson, Andrew. I can't say my man's last name, but he got a dummy last name said in a statement. The leak went viral on 4chan where a user claimed to have hacked into Hunter Biden's iCloud backup and then used a tool that allows users to recover files from Apple's cloud backup site. So his iCloud got hacked. All right, cool. Here's the deal. If you do illegal activities, please, for the love of God, do not record yourself. This has always been one-on-one of the internet. So let me give you guys a uh, rundown of what you shouldn't do when you have a phone, especially an Apple phone. Do not record yourself shooting somebody. Do not record yourself stealing money from a bank. Do not record yourself flashing money. Do not record yourself having uh, sexual relations with somebody. Do not take uh, nude photos of yourself. Do not do anything that you feel that would risk your either your employment or risk how you would feel people looking at you if your iCloud were to somehow get hacked. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, your photos and everything that you take on your phone will go up to the Apple Cloud. Now, there's a way I believe you can disable the Apple Cloud and there'll be you only will have a little bit of stuff up there because as soon as you get your Apple phone and all that type of stuff, it immediately begins, start saving your stuff on the cloud. Let me make that perfectly clear. One, two, uh, I think there is a way you can disable it, but you got to Google that stuff yourself. Me, I personally don't care because I don't keep nothing on my uh, phone like that. I don't. I don't record nothing. I don't take photos of nothing. I don't like taking photos of myself. If anything, I take photos of like, like buildings or like locations and all that type of stuff. That's my type of deal. But if you happen to do take photos of yourself, make sure they're tame and make sure that you have no problem if your iPod cloud gets hacked. They're out there to the world that you have no problem with and say, yeah, that was it. If you happen to feel your body and you think that your body looks good and you take new photos and you have no problem with it getting exposed out to the, to the world, hey, you have no problem with this. This is not for you. But this is only for the people that have a problem with how they might be portrayed and looked at into the world if your stuff will get Hacked. Again, this is all about reputation. Your stuff that's on your phone, people will look at and they'll say, oh my God, that's really you. That's how you feel. That's how this and that. Again, that's how the world works. So again, if you have a phone, especially an Apple phone, because those are the ones that always, and I mean always, get hacked. Make sure you're not doing anything stupid. And also, by the way, it was roaming around out there that uh, on Twitter, like once that Hunter Biden stuff got leaked like the next day. Whenever somebody tried to type in Hunter Biden's name and all that type of stuff, that stuff got immediately wiped out and all that type of stuff. They couldn't even look it up. They couldn't do nothing by typing in Hunter Biden's name. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's more or less the government taking care of that. His father's the president. Come on now. It doesn't take that much to figure out who made the call or who made like the flip the switch by saying, hey, yo, kind of nicks all that. Make sure nobody can search on my son's stuff. So, if Joe Biden did do that, okay, I can see it. And I can't really hate on that because, again, I'm a man that lives in reality here. If your parent owns the world or is the figurehead of the world for this particular time, yeah, they're going to do everything they can to keep you safe and keep you out of the news as much as they can. And as soon as they hear something about it, they're going to try to wipe it off the face of the earth as quick as they can. So 
I can't truly get mad at Joe Biden for that, for being a parent in that situation, if that was to actually happen. But what did happen is Hunter Biden's stuff did get hacked, and he did look completely ridiculous. I'm just going to say that again. Hunter Biden, you looked completely ridiculous, my guy. On to something else. Uh, this comes from the Associated Press. Lawmaker, officer in Uvalde video, husband of slain teacher. A Uvalde police officer criticized over video of him checking his phone during the massacre at Robb Elementary is the husband of a teacher who was killed in the classroom and had contacted him after being shot, according to a Texas lawmaker investigating the shooting. Texas State Representative Joe Moody came to the defense of Ruben Ruiz or Ruiz after the officer was singled out by some users on social media. Roughly 80 minutes of surveillance video published this week by the Austin American statesman showed Ruiz as one of the few, well, first officers to arrive in the hallway after the shooting began. He checks his phone moments before the officers close to the classroom run back down the hallway after shots are fired. Moody tweeted Wednesday that the officer was the husband of Eva Morales, one of the two teachers killed along with 19 children in the fourth grade classrooms. Moody is part of a Texas, Texas House committee that has spent weeks investigating the shooting and plans to release its findings today, Sunday. I've not planned to speak publicly until the report was released, but I couldn't say nothing seeing this man who's lost everything maligned as if he was indifferent or actually malicious. Contacts matter. Moody text well tweeted. The hallway video shows Ruiz quickly glancing at his phone around 11.36 a.m. while holding a position at the end of the hallway. Three minutes earlier, the gunman is seen walking down the hallway and entering the classroom. Authorities have previously said that body camera footage later showed Ruiz at 11.48 entering the building through the west door and telling officers she is shot. What happened to Ruiz is he tried to move forward into the hallway. He was detained and they took his gun away from him and they escorted him from the scene. Texas Department of Public Security Director Steve McCall told lawmakers at a hearing on June 21st. McCall has called it an object failure that police ultimately waited more than an hour before confronting the gunman. See, all right, so there it is. So the officer in the video that you guys have been probably saw on the news this week, he got a text saying that his wife was shot. So that tells you that right there. So it took him 12 minutes later. This is 11.36. He got the text. And at 11.48, he entered the building through the west doors saying that she, she got shot. So the officers had to get him out of there. So I'm not understanding that. I'm not understanding it. I understand his wife got shot. I understand all that good stuff. But it took you 12 minutes for other officers for you to say, hey, oh, she got shot and they decided to escort you off the scene because now you're too close to the scene. Okay, wait a minute. So if I got this right, shooting happens, 1136, you're in the hallways, you get a text saying that your wife's been shot, okay? 12 minutes later, you come back with more officers saying that she was shot. The officers that you come back with, they say that, you're too close to this. They take your gun and they had to escort you from the scene. So this is so stupid. Again, this thing shouldn't have happened. As soon as you would have got a text saying, yo, she got shot. Why did not, why didn't you run in there and try to go guns a blazing? If you and other officers were already there, would you guys need a whole fleet? Again, this whole stuff is so stupid. I pray 
to the I pray to God that the Uvalde families are trying to at least cope with this. I know they're not still I know they're not going about this the right way. I'm talking about the Uvalde or the San Antonio or the Texas officials themselves. Because this is just one of those things that they should have just admitted and say, you know what? The police officers in this moment, they screwed up. They screwed up horribly. And we are sorry. We humbly apologize. We can't say, we can't even fathom how you guys are feeling. Like, give a legit heartfelt apology to the families that lost children in this situation. But now it has literally been over, what, two months? Well, it's about to be two months now since the attack happened. Since the massacre happened, and now you guys are still going through this crap? Still, we got to comb it over. We got to investigate. No, 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 no. This is the reason why, again, reputation is all key. If cops have always had a good reputation, we wouldn't be questioning this. We would say, well, something must have happened. Some this and that. This is the reason why cops couldn't have gone in there, this and that. But no, you. the video is out there. The video has been shown. You guys could have been rushed that freaking classroom, but you guys were cowards if we're going to be anything and just be truthful about it and screw the investigation you guys were cowards you guys could have ran up in there and shot that dude on top y'all guys could have been to that but no you guys wanted a whole fleet of people to run up in there in tactical suits and all this type of stuff four or five of y'all would have ran up in there and started shooting him up yeah he would have been dead on site and the only casualties again i have to say this would probably been like what four or five kids would have probably got killed on that instead of God bless it, 12, or how many kids was it again? It was a lot of kids, man. 19 children. 19. Again, bro, this is disgusting. This is bad. This is why we all say that officers right now have a bad reputation. They're not the greatest thing because of crap like this. This is what happened. I feel sorry for the guy that his wife got killed. I really do. I feel sorry all day because he had to get the text, and then he should have straight just bum-rushed the devil out of that, but he didn't. He tried to still follow command, and I wouldn't have. But again, I feel sorry for everybody that has uh, had to deal with this. I really, truly do. Now on to another topic. It's coming from Yahoo News. As it reports, new Arizona law places limits on filming police, growing calls for transparency. A new state law in Arizona will soon make it illegal for people to film a police officer from eight feet or closer without the officer's permission, placing greater limits on how people can video police officers at a time when calls are growing louder for increased police or law enforcement transparency. Supporters of the legislation, which was signed into law by Republican Governor Doug Ducey on Thursday, says it protects officers from people who have poor judgment or ulterior motives. What? I'm pleased that a very reasonable law that promotes the safety of police officers and those involved in police stops and bystanders has been signed into law. Republican State Representative John Kavanaugh, the bill supporters, supporter, told the Associated Press Friday. It promotes everybody's safety, yet still allows people to reasonably videotape police activities as is their right. As part of the law, an officer can stop someone from filming on private property even if the person has the owner's consent. The law makes exceptions for people who are the direct subject of a police interaction. Those people are allowed to film as long as they are not being searched or arrested. The penalty for breaking this law is a misdemeanor that will likely result in a fine without jail time. Critics of the law contend that law that filming police is an American right upheld by the federal 
appellate courts and the First Amendment of the Constitution. A blanket restriction is a violation of the First Amendment. Stephen Solomon, a constitutional expert and director of the Arthur L. Carter Journalism Institute at New York University, told the Washington Post. More than 60% of Americans, including residents of Arizona, live in states where federal appeals courts have recognized a First Amendment right to record police officers as of 2019, according to a Citizen's Guide to Recording Police from NYU's First Amendment Watch. The U.S. Supreme Court, however, has not ruled on the issue. So, okay, here's the thing. You cannot record officers if you're eight feet or closer but if you're past eight feet you're good the only people who can record is if you are being the subject of the officer basically stopping you the only time you cannot record is if they are searching you or you are being arrested hmm okay and they say that an officer can stop someone from recording if you're on private property even if the person has the owner's consent that shouldn't give the officer right away to stop you from recording if you have the owner's consent. If you ask the owner, hey, yo, can I record? Yeah, and the officer says, no, shut it down. No, I have the owner's consent to record you doing something that you might not be wanting to show on camera. Again, there's a lot of nastiness that we have seen over the years of cops being completely nasty or them being treating somebody completely unfair than they should in a situation this thing is nasty and i don't like this law this law is bogus bro this law is completely bogus there should be no type of thing to say hey yo this is the restriction eight feet or closer without without the officer's permission well officers gonna give you permission to record them they're cool with them having body cameras on them but they're not cool with you recording them so no no this this thing is garbage this is why this is why, again, I say we, and I'm going to say it again, black people hate officers. We have a strong disdain for you because of crap like this. This kind of law, this thing doesn't benefit nobody. If anything, it puts more bad reputation on you guys because if you guys are siding with this thing, it allows us to say, see, this is what we've been talking about. They're trying to hide you guys doing some nasty stuff towards us. And also people, just to anybody in general, if you are getting stopped by police officers because white people might get stopped and they're doing nothing and it's all about an officer just having a bad day and being a dickhead, they just might want to just pull their authority on somebody because of them having a bad day. I do not like this law. This law is garbage. Thank God I don't live in Arizona. So to my people living out there in Arizona, please be careful, bro, because you guys are about to get into some stuff. There's going to be a lot of officers probably going to just be trying to test that limit, just walking closer to you saying, nope, you can't do that because you're within eight feet. You're within eight feet. I didn't give you my permission. That is garbage. I mean, complete garbage, yo, bud. This is disgusting. This law right here, it is nasty. It reeks and it smells of nastiness. Oh, my God. On to something else. Uh, Being nasty. This comes from The Guardian. South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoff. Charged with the murder of wife and son. Former South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoff has been indicted for double murder in the killings of his wife, 52-year-old Maggie Murdoff, and his son, 22-year-old Paul Murdoff. Almost 13 months after he made an emergency call saying he found them dead near a dog kennel at the family's country home. The charges mark a milestone in a case that 
encompasses seven separate investigations in the sprawling saga, each involving the 54-year-old attorney at the center. Murdoch was charged with two counts of murder and two counts of possession of weapon during the commission of a violent crime after evidence was presented to a grand jury sitting in Collington County. Court documents released on Thursday allege Murdoch shot his wife with a rifle and shot his son with a shotgun. The civil attorney who was disbarred earlier this week told, had told investigators he went to the property after visiting his ailing father and discovered the two bodies. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson said in a statement, all the efforts of our office and the law enforcement agencies involved in this investigation have been focused on seeking justice for the victims' families. Wilson declined to offer more details in the case. So let me start off by saying this. I apologize to the families that uh, lost loved ones during this situation. I remember talking about this specific case, what, a couple months ago? I don't remember what episode it was. You guys can look this up. Um, I said it in the episode that I believe that Murdoch's wife and son got killed over the killing of their another family's daughter basically dying because of a boat accident. Uh, it was Mallory Beach. It was Paul Murdoch and Mallory Beach. They were with two other friends of theirs on a boat, and uh, Paul Murdoch was driving the boat, and he was drunk, and Mallory Beach happened to fall off the boat. I don't know if she cracked her head on the boat or somehow, either way, she ends up dead. They find her body weeks later on a beach, and I thought it was somebody of the family getting at the Murdoch straight up because if you it took them a long time to even get some justice they would never ever like arrest the kid and when they did he got out somehow I mean it was it was a lot of things that went into that situation so I thought it was was somebody of the Mallory Beach's family whether it be the cousin father uncles whatever somebody just even down the line line going over and killing Murdoch's wife and son so I want to apologize to them off top I really do mean that my mother has always said that it was always the father she said the daddy killed them, his wife and his son. And I said, oh, that don't that don't seem right. Mom said, nah, the husband, he, he killed his son and he killed his wife. I said, nah, I think it's still somebody else. And now with this coming out like this, I want to apologize formally. Apologize to Mallory Beach's uh, family. And again, I'm sorry that you guys lost a daughter. You guys lost a daughter, a niece. You guys lost somebody in that family thanks to this garbage situation over here. I really do apologize for that. Let me get that off the chest. One right here. Two, Alex Murdoch killing his wife and his son. That's, that's still just weird to me. My guy has been, my guy is a complete loose cannon. I'm just going to be honest with you. So from my recollection, Mallory Beach situation happens. He has political ties. His sons get arrested, but they're able to get the son out. So the son has to be either home or he's on house watch or whatever the case may be. Some kind of crap that they got him on. And they're still waiting for the court date to happen and all this type of stuff. But one day out of the blue, makes a call, wife, son killed. Okay, that makes the news. Weeks later or a year later, however the crap happens, Alex Murdoch get arrested, blah, 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 because he uh, swindled uh, people out of money and all this type of stuff. And then now further along, he tried to have somebody kill him. I said that. A couple months ago, too, I talked about that. This whole thing is just completely wild. This man was nuts. He's been nuts. I don't know what is going down with this situation. I hope that he goes to jail for a long time for real because this 
This was completely unnecessary at all. You didn't have to kill your wife and you didn't have to kill your son. If you felt that way about your kid, you just should have had him go to jail, buddy. You didn't have to kill him because now he's in now he's dead. He's dead. He could have paid his debt to society and had to face those consequences literally of being in jail and facing that all the time. But no, you gave him a quick fixer upper by killing your own son. And you killed your wife at the exact same time. That is nasty, bro. That is disgusting. Oh my God. Again, reputation, ladies and gentlemen, he killed his reputation a long time ago, a couple years ago. But this right here, this solidifies it more. He was a nasty, nasty, situ- nasty, nasty guy. This was just disgusting here. On to something else less tragic. Uh, coming from Yahoo Finance. Twitter sues Elon Musk for trying to abandon $44 billion deal. On July 12th, Twitter filed a lawsuit in Delaware Chancery Court, the court's preeminent business deposit form, asking for one of its chancellors to compel Musk to buy the company as he promised in April 25th merger agreement. Under the terms of the accord, Musk agreed to purchase the company's outstanding common stock at $54.20 per share, roughly $44 billion. As of Tuesday, Twitter was trading around $34 a share. Having mounted a public spectacle to put Twitter in play and having proposed and then signed a seller-friendly merger agreement, Musk apparently believes that he, unlike every other party subject to Delaware contract law, is free to change his mind, trash the company, disrupt its operations, destroy stockholder value, and walk away, Twitter alleges, in the breach of contract lawsuit. Twitter is asking the court for swift action to force Musk to buy Twitter. Noting that the CEO's tactics pose the danger of irreparable harm against the social media company and its employees, we have reached out to Twitter and Musk and did not receive an immediate response. Musk alleges that Twitter breached multiple terms of their agreement by holding back data that would allow him to independently assess the number of fake accounts on the platform, something Musk says is fundamental to his business and financial performance and needed to facilitate Musk financially and financing planning for the transaction. However, Twitter alleges in his lawsuit that Musk was simply grasping for an out as the market and Twitter both began to sank. After he agreed to buy the company. Wow. Musk wanted an escape, but the merger agreement left him little room. The lawsuit stated the agreement includes a provision for specific performance, a feature that allows the parties to ask for a court to force the deal to close. It also provides for a $1 billion reverse breakup fee that would release Musk from the deal, but only under certain conditions, such as if his debt financing collapsed or if government regulators block the merger. So, right now, Twitter and Elon Musk are beef right now because Musk is trying to say, nah, you guys ain't giving me what I want, so I'm going to bail out. And Twitter saying, nah, you're going to buy this company. You made it up. You said it. The whole world got wind of it. Our stock started to drop. It was at 54 Now it's at $34 a share. You're killing our business. No, you're buying this company, and now they're going to court over this whole situation. I'm going to say this right now. This is big business talk right here. $44 billion, 44 bills? Dog, I don't know what to say to anybody. I just know this. If he's trying to back out of this thing, good luck, homie. Because if you're playing because if you are suing somebody for $44 billion for trying to abandon a deal, 
yo, this is big business at play. AK, all lawyers will be on deck. Whether you are a the highest of high expenses attorney to the mid expensive attorney, all attorneys are on deck on Twitter side, and all the deck attorneys are on deck for Elon Musk because they're trying to make sure Elon trying to make sure nope this deal ain't going through, or either Twitter trying to say yep this deal's going through. We want our money. You sink in our company. We got we're trying to abandon this thing now because it's gonna be hard for us to uh, build back. Anybody wanting to buy any shares of Twitter ever again because of you, if this thing happens to not go, it's hard for us to rebuild back our credibility. Again, reputation, ladies and gentlemen. This is all this is about here for Twitter side. So now you got to buy our company, dog. You got to buy it now because you made it out there. It was to win to the wise, win to the world. So, hey, man, buy the company. What more do you what more do you want? Only thing I know is this. I wish that. This thing could have been kept inside details, but it's too big of a business. It's too big of a business deal. It's too much of a uh, Johnson swinging competition from Elon Musk to all the other billionaires out here by saying, hey, I'm trying to buy Twitter for $44 billion. You guys are idiots. You guys should have bought it. That's nothing. That's all this whole thing was, is it was a Johnson swinging competition from all the billionaires. And Elon thought he got one up. But now when Twitter not giving him what he wants and he wants to back out, yeah, this... This is going to be a situation. I'm going to keep my eyes on this one because I want to see if Twitter is going to make Elon buy it off of him. I do because if Twitter goes to Elon Musk, I'm a guy that uses Twitter. I'm a guy that likes to just watch people be stupid on Twitter. I want to see how it's going to change. And if not, Twitter's just going to be the same. But I want to see how all the other billionaires are going to see how Twitter is being used because billionaires use Twitter. Rarely, but they do use it. I want to see how they're going to react on Twitter about Twitter not being sold to Elon Musk. I will be keeping a watchful, and I mean watchful eye on them. After this, I want to talk about Next Shark. Ice Cube's alleged anti-Asian, anti-Semitic past resurfaces after news of NFL partnership. Uh, critics have called attention to Ice Cube's alleged anti-Asian, anti-Semitic past following the NFL's partnership. Well, announcement of his partnership with the rapper's contract with Black America, CWBA Institute, and Economic Equity Initiative. The NFL, which has been aiming to boost its work with Black-owned businesses, announced the partnership on June 30th. The collaboration is set to focus on identifying league-wide opportunities in the financial, tech, and production sectors with a concentration on increasing spending to black businesses nationwide to help close America's racial and economic wealth gap. The NFL has reportedly spent more than $125 million on black businesses over the year, including Ariel's Investments, City First slash Broadway Bank, Cover, well, Cover Communications, and Fearless Technology. Ice Cube said the league and his initiative have been working closely for more than a year already though the announcement appears to mark the beginning of an official partnership. We feel like if you tackle the huge wealth gap between black people and white people in this country, that should solve a lot of problems that's there. Ice Cube, who real name is O'Shea Jackson, told the AP Pro Football Podcast on June 30th, our thing was to go after some of the biggest companies in the country that rely on black consumers or black workers, and the biggest one that we focus on was the NFL. Aside from Ice Cube, CWBA is led by entertainment lawyer and his longtime business partner, Jeff Watnitz. I'm sorry if that's not how you say your name, as well as advisors Rajon Smith and Chris Pilkerton. 
as a predominant artist. Ice Cube is the face of their initiative. For this reason, critics were quick to remind the public of his history of targeting Jewish and Asian people in his songs. On July 1st, the Washington Free Beacon cited Ice Cube's use of the phrases white Jew and cracker to reference to Jewish music producer Jerry Heller in his song No Vaseline. The Free Beacon story described Ice Cube as an anti-Semitic rapper who in his songs have called for violence against Jews and Asians. In No Vaseline, he rapped Get Rid of That Devil Real Simple and Put a Bullet in His Temple. In Black Korea, which is proponently about racism against the black community by Korean shop owners in Los Angeles, Ice Cube threatened to burn the store down right down to a crisp. He also called the store owners in the song Oriental One Penny Counting mfs and little chinese mf in the preceding song horny little devil ice cube raps go down to the corner store and beat the jap up all three tracks were part of his studio album death certificate the album was released on october 31st 1991 a few months after ronnie king fell victim to police brutality in los angeles and escalated years long tensions between black and korean community members ice cube most recently stirred controversies in June 2020 when he posted tweets in support of Louis Farrakhan. All right, I'm getting past all that. Uh, several Twitter users criticized the NFL's partnership with Ice Cube following the announcement. NFL Ice Cube partner on economic equity plan, the most racist bullish in sports. Pro sports is amazing. One user wrote, that's why November will be the most damaging to leftists in history. Overwhelming. Another question, why would you, NFL, hire someone who calls for violence against Asians and Jews to help with anything? How often do you hear about these programs for Hispanic or Asian communities slash businesses compared to black ones? Who complains about racism the most? I'm not knocking for supporting black communities or businesses. Help or help all or none, not one, another tweeted. Let me make this perfectly clear to you. When I first read this article, I got... I I was amused by that because, okay, you're digging up Ice Cube's past with his raps and his lyrics. You guys do understand in rap, and I hate to say this and I have to say this, uh, you guys do know their storytelling. They're telling stories about what they have experienced and all this type of stuff. They're telling the stories either from what they experienced. They're telling the stories from uh, other people's sides that they have seen or been around, their experiences with it. And some people, they're just now, especially, they're fabricating some of the stories that they've never ever been in. So for that time around, <laughs> and Death Certificate was released a few months after the Rodney King situation, he saw certain things. He was around Los Angeles. He was around all these police brutalities and all this type of stuff. I don't need to go and say all these type of things. You can do the research yourself. This was situations. If a whole freaking place got built, burnt down, the Rodney King thing was big. And if you mean to tell me LA, Los Angeles, they were ready to burn that stuff down over that. That means there was some big old tensions down there. And the Rodney King thing just blew up everything. Let me talk to the Jerry Harris situation. Ice Cube did never ever run from this. He even had this on the freaking uh, Straight Out of Compton DVD. Him saying whatever he had to say about Jerry Heller, him doing with the whole Nietzsche Islam thing on the freaking DVD. He could have sugarcoated that to death, but no, he leaned right into it. He ran into it. He let it be known what he saw. And let me say this again for people that don't know, Hollywood is run by the Jewish community. The upper heads are Jewish people. 
You got to understand that. If you want to get business done in Hollywood, you got to talk to Jewish people. There are agents there. They don't want to make the money. They don't want to make contacts. They're the ones that are basically running everything. The second people that are running it now are the people who are, that are in the LGBTQ community. Because if you say one wrong thing about them, I mean wrong, you're going to be canceled completely or you're going to be damaged. You don't believe me? Look at Kevin Hart. The Oscar thing that took him out. Some more other people said some gay, said some stuff about the gay LGBT people. They got took down immediately. The only one person that they cannot take down right now, and they've been trying constantly, is Dave Chappelle. That ain't happening. Just want to get that out the way right there. Just had to throw that out there. Ice Cube is a guy that doesn't even like to be out there like that. He makes business deals. He does his little thing. He doesn't be out here in the news like that. And for you guys to say that and get at him, I just don't, I don't respect it. I don't respect the tweet somebody tweeted out by saying, how often do you hear about the programs for the Hispanic or Asian communities business compared to black ones? Who complains about racism the most? I'm not knocking for supporting black businesses or communities. Help all or none, not one. Do you muff? I was about to. I was about to. I had to hold back. Do you not understand that the NFL and the NBA, the two biggest cash pot and cash cow sports in America, are literally predominantly black? You do know that, right? As of 2020, 57.5% of the NFL players were black. 0.04 were Hispanic or Latinx. Point. 1% Asian, 1.6 Pacific Islanders, 0.2 American Indian. What are we talking about here? Literally, over half of the NFL is black. So it makes sense for the NFL to look towards who the most? Black people the most. Yes, it makes more sense. I'm not going to try to hold anybody. It makes more sense. Now, if somebody's going to say something about the uh NBA, NBA is predominantly black, without a shadow of a doubt. I don't think I need to get into the data with you, but all the NBA players off top that you could think of are black. As of 2021, as they did a survey, 73.2% of NBA players were African-American, aka black. It makes sense for these businesses that are predominantly black to look into the black community and try to do something for them because guess what where do you think they're getting all their athletes from they're getting it from the black communities the black children that just feel that they can make their way out of it by doing sports and everything else you understand that's the nfl and nba's reputation i have no problem with them going over and actually start doing something for us because you guys are picking us out of that predicament that we're in building us bringing us in making us millionaires, and hopefully we can go back to those communities and make it better for them and build up these children that only see us as nothing but sports athletes. And these sports athletic people can think of, make these kids go into a different business. Hey, you don't have to be a sports athlete. You might not be athletic as me when I was your age. You might not be this, but here's the deal. You can do this because I'm giving you guys the money to build up a uh, tech wing in your school have the kids start learning coding have them doing that because tech is the future okay certain people don't want to do tech how about give some money for them to become mechanics and all this type of stuff guess what cars in the future cars are always a continuing business and we need mechanics out here they charge a lot of money believe me if you go to an auto mechanic shop trust me they're costing an arm and a foot just even fix a flipping tire okay you 
disrupts and it bothers me how black people, we only get certain things in this country. And I mean certain things. And you guys have to rain down on this? The hell is wrong with you? This is us. NFL is us. NBA is us. Sports in America, literally, the biggest sports things is us. And we don't even get paid like them like that. Because if you want to be for real, for real, the people that get paid like that in America for real are the baseball players. And we ain't even cracked that market like that. That's nothing but straight up the more than anything, that's more of the white market, and that's more of the Dominican or the Latinos market. That's their sport. Baseball. We just gonna keep it 100% funky. That's for real. We'd even dip into our foot into that. If we were to, like for real, for real, the way we should, y'all wouldn't be saying nothing to us right now because there's nothing for you to be saying. We'll be dominating everything. We've only been dominating football and NBA, and those are the two programs that I feel that should be leaning in, and I mean thrusting in a lot into the black community because that's where they be getting all their athletes from. And for people to have a problem with that, I don't, I don't understand your reasoning. You can't make me understand your reasoning. For real, you can't. And the white thing with Jerry Heller deal, Ice Cube was getting screwed, right? Ice Cube, I said this many times before, you can go and watch the movie, you can go and research it. He felt that Jerry Heller was screwing him over. And if you're in rap, you do diss tracks. And diss tracks are meant to be diss tracks. It's in the name. They're meant to disrespect you. They're meant to bring out and say anything gritty and dirty to you. If you don't believe me, check out the biggest diss track of all time. Hit him up, Tupac. He starts off by saying directly to Biggie, that's why I screwed you, girl, you fat mo-fo. You understand? That diss tracks are literally meant to be disrespectful. Do you understand me? That's what diss tracks are meant to be. They're not hint to, like, tab you on the arm like, oh, buddy, I just disliked it. You're stealing money. No, they're not, they're not there for none of that. They're there to straight up slap you across the face artistically, musically. You understand? And for you guys to bring that here, that, no. No, and that's years ago. Years ago. Literally years ago. If I'm by my calculation, that's what? That's 31 years ago that's 31 years ago that he did that and said that he probably might not even feel the exact same way that he felt back then that he was now he was young and just upset that he wasn't getting his money now that he's older wiser ask him now how he feels about certain things before he started doing this type of garbage this is the reason why certain people hate hollywood and all this type of stuff this is what happens right here this you give somebody a reputation of that and they no it's called they live and they grow, and they grow wiser. That's what happens. Ice Cube is a wiser man than he once was when he was a younger guy making those raps and everything, okay? So ask him now how he feels about certain things, and then if he feels that way, then you can say, okay, now we got, no, but stop that. Stop it now, all right? Let Ice Cube work with the NFL and bring stuff to the black community, which needs to be there, because again, the NFL and the NBA, they work literally for black people. Yes, white owners are there, but look at majority of their people on their rosters and everything. They're black people. They get picked out. They pick black community kids, okay? So let him do what he has to do, okay? Thank you. Now, on to something that's closer to uh, me personally. Uh, this comes from the Miami Herald, and it says, I do apologize. Pompano Beach vice mayor speaks out after cursing at Broward cop 
A South Florida vice mayor apologized Tuesday after body cam footage was released earlier this month showing her cursing at a Fort Lauderdale police officer who had pulled her over in April. Pompano Beach Vice Mayor Beverly Perkins said in a city council meeting that she was sorry if what she said was perceived as disrespectful. If any exchange on my part in the conversation with the police officer is perceived as being disrespectful, I do apologize, she said, to city residents and police officers who were in attendance. But as some residents argue that things were being blown out of proportions, not everyone was pleased with her apology. Barbara Stern, an attorney representing Fort Lauderdale Federal Order of Police Lodge 31, took the podium during the public comment section of the meeting to tell Perkins that you are not above the law. Your behavior following that stop was deplorable and unbecoming of an elected official, Stern said. According to police records obtained by NBC 6 Miami, Perkins was caught driving a white Audi SUV at 60 miles per hour in a 40 miles per hour zone in the 1300 block of West Sunrise Boulevard on April 6th. She was ultimately given a written warning and not a traffic ticket, the news channel reported. In the body camera footage released by the redbroward.com on July 5th, you can hear the officer initially asked her what's going on, to which Perkins replied, seeming nonchalantly nothing. After the officer runs her driver's license, Perkins identifies herself by name and title. She handed back her license and is told she's being given a warning rather than a ticket. Miss Perkins, you need to slow down. Okay, the officer says as she he hands back her ID to footage shows. After the officer walks away, the footage shows Perkins asks for his name. She then is heard telling the officer that he needs to find something better to explicit do. Then she drives off. So more than left, she said F and do. So she cussed at an officer because, well, he pulled over because of a speeding ticket. The reason why I find joy in this, ladies and gentlemen, and people might say, Joe, you said all that for what? Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say something to you. Uh, You know how you have family members, like, outside of your family? This is kind of that situation. I just want to make that personally clear. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> uh, this woman right here, she was, uh, um, she was uh, married to my grandfather after my uh, grandmother passed away. Um, I never got to know my grandmother like that, but I got to know this woman, not much, but I knew her some. And uh, yeah, this was just, this this whole thing just really just got to me. And it just was like, how many times do you hear about your family members being in the news or people that just got, people that are like family, but not like blood family, if you get my drift, like people that are just married to family. This is that type of situation from here. When I saw this thing pop up on my uh, website, not website, but when I uh, popped up on the news and I saw it, I was like, no, that ain't who I think it is. And then, yep, it was right there. And then I was like, I, how am I not going to cover that on my own thing? I find it a little funny to me because personally, I don't I don't remember seeing her uh, cuss, to be honest. But again, I wasn't around uh, my grandfather like that. So Again, this this just brings a nice little chuckle to me because she she had to apologize and she's now an official in South Florida. So, hey man, congrats to her for being a uh, vice mayor. But hey, this was just a funny thing that I personally just found hilarious for myself, just for me and people that know my family. Trust me, they'll find this hilarious too. Now, before I get you guys out of here, I want to talk about one more thing. This is I want to talk about um constant woo. Constant woo is. The mother from Fresh Off the Boat, uh, ABC television show that was on ABC but no longer, no more. She was 
the leading lady for Crazy Rich Asians. She was in the Hustlers movie that had Jennifer Lopez talking about strippers. Um, she came back on Twitter. She put on a big, long post. And basically, she talked about how she had to leave Twitter because um, she made a tweet tweet remarking about when Fresh Off the Boat was being renewed back, how she didn't want it to be renewed back, uh, basically her disdain for it. And people were get on her and all this type of stuff, leading to ultimately her trying to take her life in uh, 2019. But she didn't take her life, as you can hear from me talking about it. She ends up uh, still here. She wrote a book about it. She talks about how she's lucky to have a friend, to have found her, rush her to the ER. The reason why I say that is this. You guys cannot be dickheads to people out here. And I really mean that. You guys can't be dickheads out here. You don't know what somebody's going through. I constantly say that every week when I lead you guys out of here. You guys cannot be a complete dick. Please be careful of what you tweet out there. Please be careful of what you say to certain people out here because you guys don't know what type of effects you guys are doing. When a big pile of people just gang on somebody, you don't know what type of effects are going to lead to them, whether they're going to have suicidal thoughts or you don't know if they're going to crack under the pressure and start committing some type of shooting felony. So that's the reason how we get certain mass shooters out here. You don't know what's going to happen. Shoot, if you haven't watched the Russell Crowe movie, again, I'm going to implore you, please watch it. It's If you look it up, it's some type of movie. Uh, matter of fact, hold on right now. It's called Unhinged. It's about a guy that uh, basically is going after a woman because she honked at him too many times and he was already having a bad day. He was going through a lot of stuff. He has mental issues. But point being, you don't know what somebody's going through, so the, please don't be a dick. Watch that movie and you'll at least grasp the ideology and the type of things that what somebody is capable of doing if they happen to snap off on you, okay? Because you don't know what somebody's capable of. You don't know if they're suicidal. Again, you don't know if somebody's really to risk, just end it all by just taking you down with them. You don't know what's going down. So please do not be a dick. She just said that she did this. She had a disdain for her contract being renewed. She didn't like it. And people just piled on her at that time. And at that time, she felt like she just wanted to end it all. But she's still here. Thank God for that. She has a book coming out, so more or less she probably came out to promote her book for it as well, but she's saying that, hey, just please be kind, be courteous to people, please don't be a dickhead, please, that's all I'm saying when I got from this, like, her big old post that she wrote up here, you can find it on Twitter, it's there, but please be courteous, be constant to people, yes, you could throw little jabs at people from time to time, but don't be a dick, you know the difference. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. On Twitter, you can find me at at my two podcast, Instagram my two cents podcast G two, and if you want to email me, my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Again, if you feel like I did something right, you can tweet me. You can uh, email me there. If you want to just talk to me about anything, you can email me there. My email is always open, and I always check my emails daily religiously. Also, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible. Uh, all these other podcasting networks that allow me to continue to do what I've been doing for a year and a half now. I really do appreciate it. Um, and they haven't been restricting me. So I thank them for that. And I want to thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for uh, downloading it. Again, you guys can be listening to anything else in the world, but you haven't to decide to want to listen to me, which I really do appreciate it because the downloads show it and I uh, really appreciate it. So again, thank you. Um, always remember. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you all. I thank you all. I truly do uh, mean that from the bottom of my heart. Please have a good Sunday. Again, please don't be a dick. And if you do have suicidal thoughts, 
the suicide hotline is in uh the uh description if you click it the episode on apple podcast and you look at the description information you can see the uh suicide hotline number just click that and just talk to them um i want people to continue to live i want people to see their best days because trust me your best days are coming if you feel that it's not today trust me continue to live out the rest of your timeless earth your best days are coming it's not just one day it's constants of days so um please continue to live your life so with that this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 i am g2 i love you all please have a great day and great rest of your week you're here for me again next sunday for news topics but if you listen to me on wrestling you hear me next saturday for wrestling topics but with that all being said Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.